The Young's literal translation says, As to each, God did deal a measure of faith. So you have a measure of the same faith God has. You don't have a different kind of faith. You got the same faith, but we have a measure of the same faith that God has. We all have a measure of the same faith. Now this measure can grow and increase and be developed by hearing, speaking, and believing the Word of God. So that's why we're here. That's why we have CDs. That's why we have podcasts. That's why we have a Bible. So that by hearing and speaking and believing the Word of God, this measure of faith grows. And it doesn't just stay dormant and inactive in our lives. The just shall live by faith. Now let's go back to Mark 11. Verse 23. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say, whosoever shall say to this mountain, faith involves saying. Faith involves speaking. Now, notice the words Jesus used in talking about the faith of God. In, in verse 23 here, we see the word say, we see the word believe, and we see the word receive all in the same verse. Say, believe, receive. Saying and believing is connected to having. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So saying and believing is connected to having. Faith involves saying. There is no such thing is a faith person who does not make faith confessions. There's no such thing. The word confession in the New Testament is the Greek word homologio, and it means saying the same thing God says. That's what the word confession or profession means. Sometimes it's translated profession. Saying the same thing God says. So somebody that says they have faith and they, they uh, consider themselves to be a faith person, they are going to make faith confessions. Faith is involved in the new birth and saying is involved in the new birth. You released your faith by saying and confessing words, Jesus is Lord. Isn't that right? Yes. You, had to, you, you said something, you spoke something and you believed something specifically. Now, hold your place there and let's turn to 2 Corinthians 4. This is kind of Paul's uh, kind of saying the same thing in another way. 2 Corinthians 4.13 We having 
The same spirit of faith. There's the word same. We have the same spirit of faith. According as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Notice the word believe and speak and faith all in the same verse. Faith involves speaking and believing. That's why there are times during the meeting I'll, I'll say, let's say this out loud. Because we're saying something, we're speaking, and we're believing it. We're speaking what we believe. We speak and confess faith over our tithes and offerings. We speak and call things we desire according to God's word. That's releasing our faith. That's exercising faith. This is how God created the heavens and the earth in Genesis. And God said, and it was. And God said, and he saw it. And God said, and it was so. That's why this morning I spoke to the north, south, east, and west, and I'm speaking to these people. And I'm releasing my faith. I'm exercising faith according to Romans 4.17. All of Genesis chapter 1, Job 22.28 says, Thou shalt decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee, and the light shall shine upon thy way. I'm releasing my faith. I'm saying I'm believing. I don't have to see those hundred people to believe they're coming. I choose to believe it. I don't have to see it. I choose to believe it. I believe what God said. I, he said, whatsoever things, um, he said, what you got to believe that what you say comes to pass. I believe what I say is coming to pass. What did Jesus say would happen? I'll have it. I'll have it. Praise God. Now, the word also says, be imitators of God. So God is our example of faith. Jesus is our example of faith. Now, let's go back here to Mark 11. Jesus, the head of the church, is telling us to have the faith of God. To say to the mountain, to believe what you say comes to pass, and you will have what you say. Notice also in verse 23, he tells us to say three times, and he tells us to pray one time. He tells us to say something three times, he tells us to pray one time. This is a way of life that all Christians are supposed to be doing, but sadly, they are not. And the people who are fighting the faith message are fighting the same unseen spiritual principle that saved them. That's what's so amazing. You know, they're fighting the very principle that got them saved. They don't realize how inconsistent they are. We won't turn there, but you can write down Colossians 2.6. It says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. That's saying the same way you got born again is the same way we live by faith. It's the same way we receive everything else in life. The very same way we got born again. We said something. We believed something. Jesus uh, uh, said it's, it's the very same way. 
So the way we entered the kingdom of God is the same way we operate and live in the kingdom. And I think this is where people get messed up because, uh, you know, many people, once they're born again, that's the end of their faith. You know, that, that's the end of their faith walk. But we just keep going. And we seem strange to everybody else, you know. But this is the Bible. Now, uh, the New Century Version of Colossians 2.6 says, As you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so continue to live in Him. So we're not supposed to just stop operating in faith when we get born again. The Phillips Translation says, Just as you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so go on living in Him in simple faith. So the same way we get born again is the same way we get healed. The same way we get born again is the same way we receive the Holy Spirit and speak in other tongues. The same way we get born again is the same way we receive our wisdom and direction. The same way we're born again is the same way we get our bills paid. Hallelujah. Uh, how many of you believe because uh, Romans uh, 10, you know, 9 and 10, you can... You believed in your heart Jesus is Lord. You confessed him. You believe in your heart God's raised him from the dead. And it says you are saved. How many of you have done that? We've all done that. Okay. Have you ever, how many believe that your name is in the book of life in heaven? How many of you have ever seen that book? None of you. What evidence do you have? You have never laid eyes on that book. You, you, you believe what the Word says. You choose to believe what the Word says. You, 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 that's, this is all the evidence we need. So we walk by faith, not by sight. Hallelujah. So we look through the eye of faith. Through the eye of faith, you can see your name written in that book. You don't, have to, you don't have to physically see it. You don't have to physically go there. That's faith. So that's the same way you get healed, the same way you get prospered, filled with the Holy Spirit. It's just a matter of developing your faith in all these other areas of life. Let's say the just, the just. shall live by faith. Hallelujah. Okay, this is not a one-time event. This is a way of life. The more you train yourself to believe the word only, it becomes more natural to operate this way. Once you were lost, but you received the Lord as your Savior, and you got born again. So, you already know how to get healed. You already know how to get your wisdom and direction. You already know how to walk by faith. You've already done it. Do you, do you see? You've already done it. You've already done it. So, you can believe without having to physically see it. You've already done it when you got saved. Let's say this together. I already know, I already know. how to walk by faith. How to live by faith. Hallelujah. Amen. There's not a different way to get healed. There's not a different way to get filled with the Holy Spirit. There's not a different way to get wisdom. There's not a different way to get your bills paid. 
If you're born again, you already know how. The same way you receive forgiveness of sin, you receive healing. The same way you receive forgiveness of sin, you receive the Holy Spirit and speak with other tongues. The same way you receive forgiveness of sins is the same way you receive your wisdom and your direction and you get your bills paid. The problem is many Christians have not been taught this or they have been taught the wrong thing with the wrong information that didn't come from the Bible. Through religious tradition, the devil has helped to confuse people. Now back to Mark 11. Whosoever, verse 23, Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but feels like it, he shall have whatsoever he feels. Is that what Jesus said? We'll have what we feel? No. We'll have what we say. And we have what we believe. Amen. Jesus said that we are to believe something specifically and say something specifically. I missed something else when I told you about the television set. We didn't tell anybody, but I stood over that set and I told Satan to get his hands up it. And I'm, I quoted Mark 11, 23, that what Jesus said that I could have. Yeah. And that this television will be put right. I wasn't thinking of a brand new one. <laughs> God was thinking high, higher than you were, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Praise God. Well, yeah, you released yeah, your faith. I'm getting all excited. Yeah. You're, by your quoting that scripture, it's been revealed to me yeah. that I already said it. Yeah. We already know what to do. Amen. Praise God. Now, folks, if it's so simple, why isn't everybody doing this? Because they feel good. They haven't been taught. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We've had hundreds and hundreds of years of tradition taught instead of the Bible. And, and that's the problem. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can see the enemy's strategy for centuries to complicate faith and to confuse people. Hallelujah. Verse 22, Jesus tells us to have the faith of God. Verse 23, he tells us one way to have, one way to apply principle of faith is to say to the mountain, to say something specifically, anything that's bad, speak to it, command it to get out, be gone, leave, he tells us what to say specifically and what to believe specifically. So you don't doubt what you just said. You believe the mountain heard you. You believe the TV heard you. And it did. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Now, um, uh, this is what I was going to say. When we talk about confession... We're not talking about silent confession, okay? <laughs> We're not talking about just thinking in your mind. Confession is not silent. You open your mouth. When you got saved, you opened your mouth and you spoke words. It wasn't just silent in your heart. It wasn't just silent in your head. When you spoke to that TV, it wasn't silent. You opened your mouth, you spoke to it. So 
Um, so confession is, is not silent. Now some people say, well, why do, I, why do I have to say it? Why do I have to speak to it? Because if you don't speak to it, it cannot hear you. <laughs> I mean, that's it. It's very practical. You, you've got to speak to it in order for it to hear you. If you just silently, you know, it's not going to hear you. The problem and the obstacle in the mountain is not going to move if it doesn't hear what you're telling it. That's why we have to speak these things out loud so the mountain can hear us. And it will obey if it hears us. So, this is living by faith. Verse 24, he gives us another way to have the faith of God where he says, Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. So, every good thing we, ask, we can ask God for. But we don't just keep asking and begging and asking and begging. When you've asked, what did Jesus say? Believe something specific. Believe what? Believe you receive them. Now a lot of people would agree that you should pray and believe. But believe what? You know, what do they believe? Well, I believe God will do what's best for me. That's not what he said. I believe God's good. That's good. But that's not what he said to believe in verse 24. I believe it's God's will for me. That's even better. But that's still not what he said. He said, Jesus said we are to believe when we ask God for something, we believe that we receive it. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire. This is personal. When you pray, believe that you receive them. That is specific. And ye shall have them. So whenever you pray, which is now, or at 3 o'clock this afternoon, whenever you pray, it's going to be now. So... This is personal, it is specific, and it is now. Whatever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them. Them are the things that you're asking for, the things you're praying about. And when you believe that you receive them, what did Jesus say would happen? Wait and see. Whatever happens must be the will of God. He could have said that. Believe that you receive them and you shall have them. If anybody else but Jesus would have said that, you could have reason to doubt it. You could have every reason to question it. Only confused people would dare question the words of Jesus. Jesus said, you shall have them. He did not say, leave it all up to God. Jesus could have said, you people are in error. You sit down and you just take whatever God gives you and you be content with it. That is not what he said. He, he didn't say, don't get your hopes up. He didn't say, God's got more important things to think about. Whatever happens, be happy with it. That is not what Jesus said. Religious tradition puts words in Jesus' mouth that he never said. Jesus did not say, leave it all up to God. 
He said, we need to speak to the mountain, believe in your heart, believe what you say is happening for you now. He said, you need to pray and believe you receive it now. This is really simple, but you can see how religion and Satan has complicated this and, and injected confusion uh, in, into people. The king of kings, the head of the church, knows how faith works, and he has made it known to us through the written word. This is a way we are to order our lives. Let's say this together. I believe what Jesus said. I believe what Jesus said. I believe in speaking and believing. I believe in speaking and believing. I believe in believing you receive. I believe in believing you receive. And you'll have it. I believe that. The church as a whole, the organized denominational churches have not taught people this. They have taught people to beg, and whatever happens, accept it as the will of God. Now, the church I grew up in, I don't even remember them teaching us to beg. I mean, we just... We just didn't talk about anything. <laughs> you know, we just weren't taught anything. I mean, we didn't even beg. Just whatever happens, happens. You know, and there's nothing you can do about it. You know, this is how I grew up. This is how you grew up. We were highly developed and trained and walking by sight. Ask and beg, and maybe you can get God's attention. God, please help us get out of debt. God, please get the money to us to pay our bills. God, please remove this pain. God, please give me a better job. And if it didn't happen, the preachers were taught to tell us that it wasn't God's will for us. And sometimes the answer to your prayer is no. Now, I have heard that. I'm not making that up. I have sat in church, and I have heard that preached. Sometimes God says no. Now, folks, that is nothing but hogwash. That is total, complete hogwash. It's a carnal answer to a spiritual problem. It's a carnal answer to a spiritual problem. They were taught to tell us that in God's wisdom, he chose not to heal this person. We don't know why. We don't know why you didn't get the money. We don't understand it, but God is working out all things for your good through this pain. That's what we were taught. You know, you're losing your house, you're losing your stuff, you don't have enough money to pay your bills, but just trust God because He knows what's best. And that is what we have taught for we have heard for hundreds of years. And it is not the Bible. It is not the Bible. It is, it is traditions of man. It's people trying to explain spiritual things they do not understand. And all they have done is inject confusion into people. You've sat in church for years. Those of you who grew up in church, not all of you probably grew up in church. I sat in church for years. This is what Christians believe and what most Christians have been taught. Treacher, preachers, who have not been biblically taught. They've been trained in religious tradition. 
they're trying to explain things they don't understand and they just make up things that they think people will accept and they'll go home and leave me alone you know and just accept the situation and it's, it's and you can tell this disturbs me <laughs> you can tell i'm kind of worked up about this can't you i mean it disturbs me that that people are being destroyed it concerns me that people are dying prematurely it disturbs me they're losing their kids and their their possessions and they're being destroyed and if you think it disturbs me how do you think god feels about it i mean just multiply it by about 10 million and and you get some idea of, of how god feels about it and the bad part is god's getting the blame for it that's the worst part of all God's getting the blame for it. They don't know they have a covenant with God. They don't know what's in the covenant. They don't know they have authority on the earth. They don't know they have the right to use the name of Jesus. They don't know how to use their authority and resist the devil. And that is not your father that's doing these things to people. Jesus made it very clear in John 10.10. 10, you know, who's the good guy and who's the bad guy? I mean, you know, you can watch a police film or a Western and you don't have to sit there long to figure out who's the good guy and who's the bad guy. But after 2,000 years, we still hadn't figured out in the church who the good guy is and who the bad guy is, you know? So, but we know, don't we? We know who the good guy is, hallelujah, and we know who the bad guy is. And we know that if we resist Satan with the words of our mouth, he has to flee. Now, what if somebody came to the altar Sunday after Sunday, service after service? God, please save me. God, please save me. God, please save me. God, if you don't save me, I'm going to hell. Please, God, save me. What would you say to them? Yes. Yeah. He is, you don't have to beg God to save you. All you need to do is receive what he's already done. They need to know from the word what he's already done. They need to know that Jesus has already come. He's already gone to the cross. He's already taken their sins and their sicknesses and their diseases. The Bible says he became poor on the cross for us. So they, they have to know from the word that Jesus has already done this. But they don't need to beg God to save them. But, and almost every denomination knows that. You know, every, almost every denomination you can think of, they preach that you, you know, you have to believe in your heart that Jesus died on the cross for your sins. You have to receive that. You have to acknowledge him as Lord. You confess him as Lord. You believe that he's been raised from the dead. And you're saved. All Christians believe that. But then when it comes over to these other areas like healing and the Holy Spirit and prosperity, all of a sudden, it all changes. It all changes, and, and there's this, please God do this, please God do that. You know, it, it, they, they get into, they change the rules, you know. So you would, you would say to them, you're not waiting on God to save you. They just need to receive what Jesus has already provided. And these people, when people do that, you know, when are they going to believe they got saved? They're waiting to feel something, aren't they? They're waiting to feel 
something that would indicate that now they're saved. Yeah. And, and that's not, you know, that's not faith. That's not the way, that's not the way uh, we're saved. No, we, we, you would say to them, you've got to believe you receive your salvation. It's already been done. It's already been done. And this is the same way with healing. You know, somebody says, y'all pray for me to be healed. Well, we already know from the Word it's God's will to heal. We can pray for healing, but it has to be received, doesn't it? You know, sure we, sure we pray for healing, but it has to be received. God's done everything already necessary to get people saved. He's already done everything necessary for people to get healed and to get blessed. Uh, you know, as far as the unsaved, God's more interested in them getting saved than, than we are. So, so just begging God, say, God, please save my uncle. Please save my sister. Please save, you know, that is not going to get it. That is not going to get it, you know. The, Jesus said, in order to enter a strong man's house, first you have to bind the strong man. So you bind up those uh, demonic devilish influences that are blinding their minds from the truth because once that demonic influence and blindness is gone they'll they'll receive that they'll be able to see then jesus said pray to the lord of the harvest that he uh send forth labors so bind up those powers of darkness then loose labors across their path that they'll listen to uh, Greg you know, has been praying for his parents, and we've, you know, we've talked about, and he's witnessed to them a lot, and they're beginning to uh, listen some now. But we had, we had prayed about uh, labors that crossed their path. Tell them about your mother coming back from the <coughs> store the other day. Whatever. Well, yeah, my mom was coming back from Sainsbury's shopping, and she seen a guy in the garden <coughs> doing the weed. And she said she went up to because my mum's an old. <laughs> she's very old, she was. But she went up to him and, you know, that looks hard. She said, it is. He said, I've been doing it for a long time. And I don't know what, they, they just got talking. My mum was telling me about telling me about my dad. And she said, oh, I don't know, I can't remember exactly, but she got talking about my dad's testimony. And she said, oh, my son prayed and other believers and, and he's completely healed. He said, do you believe in God? He said, I believe in God. He, he said, I'm a born-again Christian. And he got talking, and he said, would you like one of my books? I wrote a book. And she said, no, no, thank you. And he said, so he said, God sent you here today. He said, you were meant to meet me here today. And he said, you know, you need to ask Jesus into your heart. And my mum was laughing to me on the phone. She said, he was worse than you. <laughs> but she said, I may talk to him again when I go past him to see him. So the Lord, I said, well, the Lord's on your case. I said, that was meant for you to meet that guy. Yeah, we, we loosed labours across her path. And the other day, yeah. just quickly, she phones me up and she said, I want to ask you a question. I said, go on then, fire away. She said, what does God look like? <laughs> so I was just giving all the all of Ezekiel. I said, put it this way, when you see him, you, you'd be gobsmacked. That's mm. all you need to know. But just make sure you're on the right side. But God is moving. He's moving. Because a few years ago, that never would have happened. But I mean, that's great progress. Amen. So those labors are coming across her path. Now let's turn to Romans 10. Romans 10. Verse... 
six. Romans 10, 6. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. So here's faith and speaking together again. Speaking words is necessary to the operation of faith. Faith and speak right next, right next to each other. Say not in thine heart, who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. So when Paul here tells us about uh, what, what does the righteousness, which is of faith, this is how the righteousness of faith speaks. First of all, he tells us what faith does not say. Faith would not say this. Who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above. What's he saying here? He's referring to trying to get God to come down here and do something. He's saying trying to get God to come down here and save somebody, trying to get God to come down here and heal somebody. He's saying the righteousness of faith does not say who's going to go up to heaven and get Jesus to come down here and do this. He said faith does not say that. Faith does not beg God to come down and do something. There's no difference. Um, if Jesus walked in this room and said, by my stripes you are healed, it would be no difference from you saying, by his stripes I was healed. It would be no difference. And that's what he'd say if he walked in here and said, you know, I need to be healed. That, that's what he would say. That's what he would say. So, there's no difference. He'd say, turn to Mark 11, 23, 24. <laughs> That's what he would say. Speak to the problem, command it to leave, believe you, what you say comes to pass, and it will happen. So, let's carry on here in Romans 10. Faith would not say this either. Who shall, verse 7, who shall descend into the deep that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. Faith would not say this either. Faith would not say, um, you know, we gotta, we gotta raise Jesus from the dead again. Faith would not say that. Jesus has already come down once. He's already gone to the cross once. All of our sin was put on him. All of our sicknesses and diseases was put on him. We, he became poor on the cross for our sakes. He's already descended into the deep. He's already taken the punishment for, and the penalty for our sin. He's already been raised from the dead. He's sitting at the right hand of the majesty on high. And Ephesians 2, 6 says, we are seated together with him at the right hand of the Father. So the righteousness that is by faith doesn't say, we gotta get God to come down here and do this. What does faith say? Verse 8, the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So, your answer, 
is as close to you as the word of God in your mouth and in your heart. We don't have to get God to come down here and do something. You know, it's easy to slip back into this. You know, you hear people, you know, let, let's pray. We got to pray, pray, pray. Turn in your prayer request. Everybody pray. Well, what are we praying about? Well, we're praying for God to come down here and do this. Well, when are we going to believe he's already done it? When are we going to believe that we receive? Hallelujah. Most of the time when they see it, that's when they're going to believe. That's when they're going to believe it, when they see it, which requires no faith. And folks, this, it's easy. I'm not throwing any rocks at anybody because this is easy to slip back into. The whole world is walking by sight. And certainly the people who have rejected God. And unfortunately, many churches are full of people walking by sight and unbelief and, you know, because they haven't been taught properly. So it's easy to slip back into this. God come down and touch us, you know. And, and, and this is so prevalent because we've had a feeling religion for thousands of years. And it's a great hindrance to faith and to receiving from God. We've had hundreds of years of man-made traditions taught instead of the Bible. And it fits right in with walking by sight. And that's why people come up with these carnal explanations for spiritual problems because it's all part of walking by sight. The word is nigh thee even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Paul was a word and faith preacher. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. He was a spirit-filled, word-believing, prosperity-preaching preacher. He said, you don't need Jesus to come down and do something else. Your salvation, your healing, your answer, your money is as close to you as the word of God in your mouth and in your heart. Verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's how every single one of us in this room got born again. Hallelujah. Every born again believer in every denomination believes this. They believe this verse. They don't believe that you have to pray and beg God to save you. You know, n nobody preaches that. But with millions of Christians, like I said, that's the end of their faith walk. They get born again according to this verse, and they believe they're going to heaven, but no more faith. They're going to live the rest of their life here on earth, and they're going to leave everything else up to God. And if somebody stands up and says, we believe we receive our healing, we believe we receive this money to pay our bills or, or whatever. We believe we receive a new car or a new house or a new job or whatever we need. Boy, the, the, the spew comes out, you know? I mean, the, 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 it's heresy and it's error. Yet they did the very same thing to get born again. The very same principle to get born again. We just keep, we just kept going. We just keep going after we're born again. Verse 10, for with the heart man believeth, not with your head. 
For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So we're living in a world full of unbelief and people walking by sight, and this is why we have these meetings. This is why we fellowship with believers who believe the same word that we believe. We actually believe the Bible. And this is why we have podcasts and CDs to remind us of these things because it's easy to slip back into this. We're not begging God to do something. We believe that we receive, we speak to the situation, and we command it, and we expect it to change. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me see where I want to go from here. Hallelujah. Verse 14 says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how should... Well, they won't. They won't call on him in whom they have not believed. How shall they um, believe in whom they have not heard? They won't. How shall they hear without a preacher? They won't. Before you can believe the word, you have to hear the word. And until you believe it, you won't act like it's true. Now, we've always read these verses, uh, and certainly they apply to, be born, to being born again, but it's not just limited to being born again. This whole process applies to walking and living by faith. We hear, we believe, we act on it, we call for it, we speak, we believe we receive it. And before you can believe, you got to hear. This is the process. You hear, you believe, you speak, and you act on it. Now, uh, the words faith and believe are essentially the same thing. There are some people that go into great theological, you know, differences between faith and believe. But they're very similar. Faith is a noun, uh, believe is a verb. That's basically the difference. To believe means to have faith, to have confidence in, to be persuaded, and to trust. Faith is a vote of confidence in a person. So unbelief is not believing. That's just another way of saying, if somebody's unbelief, they are not believing the word. They're believing something else, and probably whatever they've been taught all their life. And that's why we have to renew our minds. We have to hear the word, and we have to get our minds renewed because we have probably sat in churches for years and years and years listening to other things, and it, you've got to hear the word of God to uproot that and replace it with the word of God so that you can believe, change your beliefs. Because that's, that's how you're going to receive, is, is according to what you believe. So doubt is to question that person's integrity. So when you hear a Christian say, you can't ask God for that, you can't believe you receive that, they're doubting God's integrity, and they're doubting God's word. And it's having a major impact on their life. Uh, 
You know, you can't separate believing God from believing his words. Jesus said, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them. And somebody says, well, I don't believe that. They're doubting the integrity and the words of Jesus. Now, they wouldn't admit to being a liar. You know, they say, well, no, I'm not calling Jesus a liar, but I don't believe that. Well, what's the difference, you know? Let's say together, I'm a believer. I'm a believer. Not a doubter. Not a doubter. Let's turn back to 1 John 5. Hallelujah. We know people have a free will. You know, they can choose not to believe God uh, and have faith in... They can choose not to believe God and not to have faith in God, but it will cost them. Um, hallelujah. Verse 5, 1 John 5, 5. Let me get over there. Who is he that overcomes the world? But he that thinks Jesus is the Son of God. Believes. Yeah. Jesus. He that feels Jesus is the Son of God. Believes. He that wonders if Jesus is the Son of God. Believes. He that theorizes philosophizes and analyzes. No? Believe. Believe. He that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Believing is a choice. You know, um, this is what Jesus got so strong with the Pharisees about. I mean, you want to talk about the epitome of unbelief and not believe in God. I mean, they were a manifestation of, un, of unbelief. And Jesus, Jesus said to them, he said, John the Baptist came and you didn't believe him, but the publicans and the harlots, they believed him and they're entering the kingdom of God before you. I mean, he got tough with them. He, he said, your heart, you have a hardened heart. And that's really what unbelief is. People that say, I don't, you know, I know that's what the Bible says, but I don't believe that. They have a hardened heart. And, and uh, you know, the first generation of Israelites, isn't that what kept them out of the promised land? Mm -hmm. You know, they had a hardened heart. They, they would not, they would not go. You know, they would not go. They had a hardened heart because of unbelief, and that's what kept them out of the promised land. And, you know, uh, it was Thomas. When Jesus appeared to the disciples, you know, after he was raised from the dead, uh, you know, Thomas said, I'm not believing until he comes in here and I see those scars and I see the holes in his hands. You're not convincing me he's been raised from the dead. And what did Jesus say? He said, you are faithless. <laughs> he, you know, because he would not believe the, 
personal testimony of somebody who had already seen Jesus raised from the dead, had already talked to him. And he still would not believe the testimony of somebody else who had already seen him. So, so this is, it's a, it's a serious thing. It's a serious thing not to believe the word of God. Let's say this together. I'm not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm only moved by what I believe. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, if I phoned you up and I said, uh, the Lord has been dealing with me like Anne's daughter to buy you uh, a new TV system, which is exactly what, you didn't know I was going to use this as an example today, but let, the Lord's dealt with me to buy you a new TV system, top of the line, it's already paid for, it's got your name on it, all you got to do is drive down to PC World and take delivery of it. You, you just go collect it. Now what, what if you said, well, Barb, now I just don't know, you know, I just don't know if I believe that or not. What does that say about me, you know? What does that say about my integrity? What does it say about my word? Barb, you're just joking with me. You're just pulling my leg. I said, no, this is no joke. It's already down there. You know, you, you, all you have to do is go take delivery of it. Uh... You know, there's no confusion about what I said. Uh, you know, and I said, well, you know, I don't know, but, you know, now what if you did believe what I said? You would get excited. Now, folks, that is, that is very important. That is a uh, kind of a alarm, you know. To the, that's something that should go off in you. When you, that's how you know you're in faith. When you, when somebody says something to you like that, you get excited about it. That's how you know you're in faith. What you say, okay, and you start jumping up and down, and you start running around the room, and you start moving the furniture around. We're moving this sofa over here. We're clearing these chairs out because right there is where the TV's going. Now, that's how you know you're in faith. You're excited. You're not doubting what I said. You don't, you don't think I'm playing a joke on you. You, take, you believe what I said. You take it literally, and you start making plans for your new TV. You hadn't even seen it yet. You hadn't even seen it. But you're jumping up and down. You're, you're excited. That should be a sign that you're in faith. Hallelujah. So, now... What if you said, well, I believe, you know, I hang up the phone. And somebody says, what was that all about? Well, Barb told me she's, she's already, the Lord's dealt with her. She's already bought and paid for this TV system for me down at PC World. All I have to do is go collect it. But, you know, I think if Barb really wanted me to have that TV set, she would come get me. And she would pick me up and she would take me down to PC World. And when I see that television, then I would believe that it's mine. Well, what would that say about me? 
They're not believing yet, are they? No, they're not believing, are they? But isn't that what people do? You know, you know, when I see it, I'll believe it. You know, when I feel this certain way, you know, how would you how would people know what it feels like to be saved if they've never been saved? You know? So so but people are they're wanting to feel something before they believe it. You know, you know, well I just believe if 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 Barb wants me to have that TV, she'll bring it to me in her own good time. I'm just gonna leave it up to Barb. Are they ever gonna collect that TV? No. No? The, no, they hang up that phone, get the car keys, get your coat. We've already cleared out a place for the TV. You drive down to PC World, you walk in, you say, where is my TV? I just had a phone call. It's already paid for. It's got my name on it. I haven't seen it yet, but I know it's mine. Show me where it is. I've come to collect it. Now, that's the way we operate by faith. Amen? Amen? Hallelujah. Now, let's get our visions out. Those of you who want to participate in this, uh, the visions that I handed out last time, I think Barbara and Frank were here, but you can, uh, you know, you can fill it out in retrospect. Does somebody have an Amplified Bible? Yeah. We'll be finished here in just a few minutes. You have an Amplified? Uh, Habakkuk 2, 2 to 3. Could you read that from the Amplified? I've, I've got the King James. Because this is... Um, this is a scripture where God instructed us to write down the vision. If I can... Yeah, and three, I think. Um, yeah, two, two, and three. From the Amplified? Yeah, and the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and engrave it so plainly upon tablets that everyone who passes may be able to read it easily and quickly as he hastens by. For the vision is yet for an appointed time and it hastens to the end. Fulfillment, it will not deceive or disappoint. Though it tarry, wait earnestly for it because it will surely come. It will not be behind hand on its appointed day. Amen. Now, uh, Proverbs, I'm going to read Proverbs um, 29 18 from the King James says. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Where there is no vision, the people perish. That literally means is made naked. Where there is no vision. Now in the Message Bible, it says, If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. Now, this is a scripture 
that uh, our foundation scripture that we have used as the basis for what we're doing here. And uh, I'm, you know, those of you uh, who want to participate, uh, and Barbara and Frank may not have had a chance to, but you know what you want to, you probably know what you want, or you may have these things written down somewhere else, and you may want to add to these. But we're going to, I feel like we should stand, if you're able to stand, and we're going to stand before the Lord. You know what you've written down, and uh, I don't need to know, I don't I need to read to them. To, hmm? to read it. Pardon? Or written down. Well, this is, this is just between you and the Lord, okay? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't need to know what you've written down, but I'm trusting that you have written down your desires according to the Word of God, because we've talked a lot about, you know, what we desire is based on the Word of God. So uh, I'm going to read this again now from the King James. And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it. Because it will surely come, and it will not tarry. The, uh, I like that Amplified says, I won't be deceived, and I won't be disappointed. Amen? That's good. I like that. Now, let's stand, and let's hold our vision up before the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, we stand before you today in this solemn moment. You are a faith God. And we are your children of faith. We have written down our vision according to your instructions in Habakkuk 2, 2-3. We have based our vision on the exceeding great and precious promises laid out in the covenant we have with you in the shed blood of Jesus. We hold up before you every item of every vision of every individual and family represented here today. We ask you to lead us by your word and by the Spirit of God within us to direct us concerning our part of walking out the fulfillment and the manifestation of our vision. Jesus said in Matthew 21, 22, all things Whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer, believing, ye shall receive. Mark eleven twenty four. What things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Jesus said, With God all things are possible, and all things are possible to him that believeth. Father, our covenant includes debt freedom with a surplus of prosperity to establish your covenant in the earth. I ask in faith nothing wavering for the surplus money over and above our needs that we have written down in order to give what we desire into the kingdom of God this year. Jesus said, speak to the mountain. I speak to every debt written down in these visions 
I call you cancel, dissolve, null, void, cease to exist, dematerialized, and gone. I speak to every death. I command you to go throw yourself into the sea according to the words of Jesus in Mark 11:23. Father, as partakers of the divine nature and believers born of God, your word says you have given us richly all things to enjoy, that you spared not your only son, but delivered him up for us all, and with him you freely give us all things. Father, we hold up every item, every opportunity, every endeavor, every achievement, every blessing that we, that we would like to do or have that we have written down in our vision. Father, we ask that the fulfillment and the manifestation of every item of the vision bring glory to you and for each to come in in such a way that no one will be able to deny the greatness of our God. That each manifestation be a testimony to others of your goodness and your faithfulness to your word. Now, according to the instructions of Jesus, we believe we receive now, we take it to ourselves, we make it our own, the fulfillment and manifestation of every article of our vision. And we ask in Jesus' name, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Jesus said, if two of you shall agree on earth, is touching anything they shall ask. It shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Amen. Well, there's more than two of us in here today believing. Amen? Amen. We're on earth and we're in agreement. And Jesus said it will come to pass. Amen? Amen. Now, the Holy Spirit is here. I know when I came in here tonight this morning, sorry, that I didn't know what to open with what prayer to say, and I was worried about it. <laughs> and all I said was, we are believers, we believe you are the Son of God. Yeah. We believe you died and you rose again to yeah. your right hand, and you're here now. And he has been here, he's heard Amen. our prayer. Yeah. That prayer that you have made for us now. Yes. Yeah. Over all these things. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're more than two on earth. And we agree. And Jesus said it shall come to pass. So we're staying in agreement. Amen. We're not letting strife. Don't let strife get in your family. Don't let strife get in your situation because it to to tear this thing up. Amen. So we're we're we we walk in love. And we stay free from strife and unforgiveness. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.